Aleph, we have some um, some fascinating things to look at. There, there's a concept that we find on on Daf Pe Aleph called Tumat um, Hatahom, which is a tumor that comes from out of the depths. A kind of mysterious concept, a tumor from the depths, Tumat Hatahom, and it has certain implications for a nozer and for a, and for and for Korban Pesach. Uh, where, it's, where if a person becomes Tome through Tumas HaTahom, then the Tuma is a little bit, is, is less severe in certain ways. The Tzitz is Mechaper in the case of Kodman Pesach, and the Nozid doesn't have to start recounting. There are certain things that make it lighter. So the Gemara asks, what about for a Korban Tamid? Does the Tumat Tahom play a part in a Korban Tamid as well? If a Kohen is bringing a Korban Tamid every day, that, that's the twice a day Korban, and he's affected with this out of the depths tumor. Um, does the tzitz is, is the tzitz mechape, the kohen godel's uh, forehead plate? Does that uh, atone and, and ease the effect of the tumor, or doesn't? Or does it only apply by Pesach and the nazir? And then Rabbi says kalvachome. We can work out a kalvachome. and he goes and he works out a kalvachome to prove that if it applies to Korban Pesach, it certainly applies to Korban Tamid. So on that, the Gemara asks, Amri, umi dainin an kalvachomer mehalacha? How can you apply a kalvachomer from halacha l'moshe misina? And that's the, the, the first idea we, we want to look at today. Halacha l'moshe misina. Literally, that means a law passed down to Moshe on Sinai. Now, of course, all the halachot are from Moshe, the Moshe Messina, everything was passed down to Moshe on, on Sinai. But when we talk about the halacha, the Moshe Messinai, we're talking about a, a few cases. There, there, I don't know, 33, 36, I think the Rambam counts cases of halacha that had been practiced and learned for generations that at the time of the Gemara already, they had learned it from their Rebbe, who learned it from their Rebbe, and they could follow it back all the way to Moshe Rabbeinu. But there's no source for it. There's no source in the Torah. And those, in those few cases where the practice has always been there, and the halacha has always been there, but there's no tracking of the source, those are called halacha la Moshe Misina. Those are accepted as halachas which Moshe got on Sinai and have been passed down. And the, the Gemara brings the case of, of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva who are arguing about certain halacha with Tuma and Taira and Rabbi Akiva wants to apply a Kalva Chomer and Rabbi Eliezer says Akiva etzim kesor halacha revis dam Kalva Chomer ve'en danin Kalva Chomer me'alacha He says in this case you can't apply a Kalva Chomer from a halacha l'moshe misinai. What does that mean? Kalva Chomer one of the um, 13 methods of extrapolating from the Torah, and that on which we build the whole of the oral law. Kavachomer is one of them. Kavachomer is a, the, perhaps the most logical of all of them. It's something we use in day-to-day logic. That if we've um, given the example before, if the if my dog can get through a hole in the fence that's uh, that's uh, a half a meter wide, if the hole is a meter, kavachomer, of course it can get through. Something which is obvious. 
You know, the first principle and the second principle is obvious. That's a kalvachome. But you can't apply that, says Rabbi Akiva, to Alokhalomoshimitsina. Why not? What's wrong with the logic of, of kalvachome? It's a perfectly logical thing. So we see that Alokhalomoshimitsina that is a system of, of thinking, so to say, outside of the system we are familiar with. Uh, and, and the Torah is telling us there is another system that we don't have the kalim, we don't have the instruments with which to reason and extrapolate. It is what it is, we accept it as what it is, but we can't extrapolate and take it further and extend it and expand it. We just don't have the instruments because we don't know enough about it. We don't understand enough about it. It is what it is and, that, and that's what it is. And we see from there that there are certain things where our, our instruments of logic are limited. And and Halachalamishimisina is one of those is, is one of those areas. So what is this Halachalamishimisina about about this? So there are many areas that you're quite familiar with where Halachalamishimisina applies. The knots of the tefillin on the arm and on the head, those knots. How to make those knots? Halachalamishimisina. Um, using an arova in the base hamikdash, in addition to the lulav and esrog, using an arova. That's Halachalamishimisina. A lot of the shiurim, a lot of the measurements that we use, the kazais and the kabetz and so on, that's halachal Moshe Mishinah. There are a lot of these things that we use uh, even today that come down as, as halachal Moshe Mishinah. There's the, the beautiful uh, story that Mora brings in Menachas, which you, which you probably know, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, Moshe when Moshe went up to heaven, he knocks on the Rebbein Shalom's office door, and the Rebbe Shalom says, come in, and he walks into the Rebbe Shalom's office, and the Rebbe Shalom is sitting there with a Sefer Torah open and a quill in his hand, and he's adding the crowns to the letters of the Torah. That's what he's busy doing. Amar Lefonev, he says to him, Rebbe what's missing in the Torah that you've got to add in crowns? Is the Torah not complete enough? You have no idea how important these little crowns are on the Torah. There will be a man in time to come by the name of Rabbi Akiva, and he will deduce and extrapolate piles of halachot from these little strokes that I'm adding to each letter. So you, you've got no idea what I'm busy doing. Really, says, says Moshe, I can't imagine that. What can you learn from a little stroke on a letter? I want to meet him. Who is this Moshe? He says, turn around, the, the Zoom is on behind you, and you'll see Rabbi, you'll see Rabbi Akiva giving a shear on Zoom. So Moshe Rabbeinu turns around, and there's the screen. He goes and sits nine or eight rows back. What a beautiful Gemara. Even if you're late, you're welcome to join. Um, and he says, he didn't understand what, what Rabbi Akiva was saying. There's Moshe Rabbeinu listening to a shir of Rabbi Akiva and doesn't understand. Because it's a, it, it, Torah is also generational and contextual. It's not just, of course, Moshe knew more than Rabbi Akiva and was brighter than Rabbi Akiva. All those things. But he couldn't understand Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was teaching to a different generation. Toshash Kocha Moshe nearly fainted. That this Torah that's going to be said in years to come that I can't understand. Kivan Shigiela Dover Echod, so he's listening and listening, trying to catch a word here and a word there. Omruloi Talmidov, notice that he doesn't give up. He doesn't say, I don't understand, so I'm not listening. 
Moshe Rabbeinu sits and tries to listen from Rabbi Akiva. He doesn't understand a word of what's going on. But he tries, it reminds me of my first shirim I heard from Arush Hashiva. He didn't understand a single word, not one word. And you sit and you sit and you sit and you eventually you start getting it. So Moshe Rabbeinu sits trying to learn from Rabbi Akiva. And then one of the Talmidim says to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, minayin lecho, where do you get this from? He says, we can't discuss it. It's I, I don't understand it. I can't explain it. But I know it's So then Moshe Rabbeinu feels okay. It means I'm not completely nullified by this Rabbi Akiva in centuries to come. I'm still, I'm still relevant. Even in Rabbi Akiva's generation, I will be relevant. He came back to the Rebbeinu Shalom and said, Rebbeinu Shalom, you've got a man like this and you're giving the Torah to me. Why not use Rabbi Akiva? What, why am I? Omar says the Rebbeinu Shalom, keep quiet. Now you would think the Rebbeinu Shalom would say, Moshe, no, you're much greater than Rabbi Akiva, don't worry. That's my decision. It doesn't, doesn't comfort Moshe Rabbeinu. That's my decision. You're right, Rabbi Akiva is great. I could have given the Torah through Rabbi Akiva. That's what I want to do. I want to give it through you. So a beautiful, a beautiful Gemara and Menachas about the, the power of Halacha L'Moshe Misina and its origins. What is this Tumat Tehom? The Gemara asks, Ezehu Tumat Atehom. What is Tumat Atehom? This, this tumor that comes out of the depths. Kol Shelo Hikir Ba Echad Besof HaOlam. Any tumor about nobody in the entire world, about which nobody in the entire world knows. If one person in the world knows about it, it's not tumatatom. It's really mysterious stuff. That means there's a body buried, it's only about tumat mate. There's a body underground somewhere, and no living human being knows about that body. The coin walks over, the, over that area, and later it emerges. They build building, they do construction, they find there's a body there, and the coin had been there. But at the time the coin was there, not only did he not know about it, nobody in the entire world could have known that there was a body buried in that particular place. That's Tumata Tahom. There's a very interesting uh, piece by the, the, the Benish Chai. The Benish Chai is fascinating. I've become very intrigued by him recently. So the Benish Chai, 19th century, uh, he was from Baghdad. His father was the chief rabbi of Baghdad. When his father died, he wouldn't take the position, but he became the leader of, of, of the community for, for a long time. He didn't uh, take the position because he didn't want to earn a living from Rabbonus. He earned his living from selling his farm, like the Chofetz Chaim, who lived at about the same period of time in Europe. So there was the Benish Chai in Baghdad. Sfardi, of course, a big Mekubal, but also a big Baal Halacha. And he wrote the Benish Chai, which is a Sefer Halacha that the Sfardim rely on a lot, uh, even today. And we also refer to it, an important sefer halacha, um, but different from Agadon because he really blends. A, there's a lot of Kabbalistic thinking. He was a very Kabbalistic person, and he wrote on the Agadata of Shas, called, two svarim. One called the Ben Yehoyada, which is one known, and the Ben Ayahu, which is less well known. So that's Ben Ayahu Ben Yehoyada, who was one of David Amelech's generals. And the reason he called this for him that is because he took a trip to Israel once from Baghdad to to Israel. It was a long a long trip by by foot. And, um, and he came because he wanted to go to the uh, Kivret Tzadikim. And he went to the Kever of Yehoyada, of, of Benayah ben Yehoyada in the Galil, apparently. I haven't seen it. I don't know if anybody else has, but apparently it's there. And he had a long conversation with Benayah ben Yehoyada. He had a vision and a lot of knowledge came to him while he was at that Kever. Um, 
and and that so he and he built a lot of it on it, and and, and that's that's why he called his forum Benayahu and Ben Yehoyada. And he asks an interesting Shiloh. It's kind of a fun time when he gets into this, because he's also got a book of Shilas and Shuvas. He says, when Elio Anovi appears as a human being, does he have to keep the mitzvahs or not? Does he have to put on tefillin? Does he have to uh, keep Shabbos? Does he have to eat kosher? Imagine Elio Anovi comes, and, uh, and we, we don't even know he's Elio Anovi. And we see on, on Shabbos, after Shul, he gets into his car and, and he drives off. And we say, hey, Shabbos, Shabbos. He says, it's okay, I'm Elio. I'm, I'm a malach, I'm not a human. It's okay. We say, but you were just davening with us in Shul. He says, yeah, you were at the Kiddush, you were having a chayim with us. Yeah, I'm a malach, it's okay. And off he drives. And then you see him sitting at a, at a restaurant and he's eating treif. And he says, I'm not really eating, I'm a malach. It's not real food, not really eating. It's like kind of crazy. But the, but the Ben Ishchai comes to the conclusion that, the, that Elio Anovi would not have to keep the halacha it, when, when he comes dressed up as a, as a human being. And he brings a raya from our Gomorrah because he says Elio Anovi, if he's an angel, certainly knows about all the dead bodies that are buried anywhere in the world. He has access to that information. He has the database of the Rebbeinu Shalom. He's not missing information. If his knowledge were considered human knowledge, then there would be a person when he's around that knows where all these dead bodies are, and there would be no such thing as Tumas Since the Gemara says, what is Tumas HaTahom? He's not considered one of society, and therefore his knowledge of where this dead body is doesn't count because he's not considered one of, of society. It's, 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 quite far. It's, it's quite beautiful because he brings it crazy question like that from, from our piece of Gomorrah, and there's, there's something very beautiful in that. But, the, um, but it, it might be different. One might be able to say when Elio comes as a human being, he's not dressed as a human being. It's not Purimspiel. He is, he is a human being at that time, and he has two beings. There's the angel part of Elio Anovi, and there's the human part of Elio Anovi. And we all kind of have both of those parts, but we're primarily the human part with Elio Anovi. The two, the two are balanced. They're, sometimes he functions in the angel capacity, and sometimes he functions in the human capacity, which would explain how the angels that came to, to Avram Avinu ate the food that he gave them. The one says they made as if they were eating. Because the physical part functions like a physical being, like a physical body. And then there's the angel part. They can leave the body and the angel stays. They can come in and out of the body. But when they're in the body, they could be human. So if Eliyahu Novi knows where that dead body is, that's in his capacity as an angel. That doesn't count. But he's in his capacity as a human being. He joins the minion. He keeps Shabbos. He does everything because in that capacity, he's a, he's a human being. So uh, I'm not sure quite with the conclusion of the Ben Chai, but it's a very beautiful uh, uh, attempt to, to draw a conclusion of a rather mystical concept from a straightforward piece of Gemara. Isn't there a Gemara, I forgot where, that's, that 